Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. We're going to review Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, for you. My name's Wayne. Uh, incorrect. We're going to review Operation Fortune, colon, Ruse de Guerre, for <laughs> you. My name is Paul, and this is a review for the 2023 spy action comedy film directed by Guy Ritchie and written by he, Ivan Atkinson, and Aman Davies. The film stars Jason Statham. Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett, Carrie Elwes, Bugsy Malone, and Hugh Grant. Who? Bugsy Malone? That's his name, the African-American, well, not African-American guy. Really? Mm, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know him. I, no, he, he must be in, someone. He was in The Gentleman, yeah. He's a rapper, British rapper, oh, that's why. and that's actor from Manchester, name. England. Okay. He's been described as one of the key artists in getting a grime revival moving the UK urban scene away from commercially oriented music. Uh, that's why he was rapping in The Gentleman. Got it. Go on, please. <laughs> Wayne, this one is 114 minutes long. And do you wish to play the budget game? Please, I'm fascinated. Oh, it's got to be shit. Oh, this is, a, by any standard, a big movie and quite, like, okay. what, 140? Well done, sir. Really? $130 million. It's taken $3 million <laughs> around the world. Wait, 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 when did it open? Well. Only days ago, right? Yes, I'm not sure where it opened around the world. Opened for us here in Australia just a few days ago yeah. and we got to see advanced screening with with thanks to Sean Collins. Thank you so yes. much for From this Buzz one. Marketing, thank you. Buzz Marketing. Wayne, then um, what's it about? Okay, so it's about elite spy Orson Fortune, Jason, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Statham, who must track down and stop the sale of a deadly new weapons technology wielded by a billionaire arms broker, Q Grant. And reluctantly, he gets teamed up with some of the world's other supposed best operatives. Uh, him and his crew recruit Hollywood's biggest movie star, Danny Francesco, played by Josh Hartnett, to help them on their globetrotting mission to save the world. It is a spy save the world movie. <laughs> that it is. On Rotten Tomatoes, this film is so new, only 16 critics have seen it. So it must have opened... opened so 69% have given an approval rating, though, three stars or above. All right. Nothing on Metacritic and nothing on CinemaScore, which shows you how limited the release thus far has been and questions why we saw this film. Because this film was originally slated to be released in April 2022. Yeah, we, I've seen trailers for it for yeah. a year ago. We were like, oh, this one, new Guy Ritchie film. Yes, Yay. very uh, excited. Well, did the gentleman, what was the next film after? Oh, yeah, your favorite Wrath of Man. That piece of shit, yes. Yeah. So this was his next film following that. We're like, okay, yeah, let's look, look, look like fun. Why not? Yay. And then it disappeared. No explanation was ever given, or at least at that time. I think you did the gentleman after that. No, no, no. No? It was the gentleman, Rother Man, and then this one. I'm almost positive. Go on. 2019 gentleman, 2021 Rother Man. Righto. The official explanation, which I found. Mm. Oh, good, go on. Upon looking up what happened to Operation Fortune, colon, Ruse de Guerre, (laughs) was it had Ukrainian bad guys, which is not a good look. Is that what it is? In the current world. So when they dropped it from the release schedule moments after Russia invaded Ukraine and everyone I had no idea. I didn't think about it. Well, well, here's my question to you, Wayne, to start everything off and get the ball rolling on this today's review. Yeah. If that were the case, what has changed? Purely the freshness of the attack, Paul. Purely that. Ukrainians are still the good guys. No, they have Yeah, but people care less about the news now. You see, here's what happened. That war's been going on for a year or so now. Here's my other question to you. $130 million. Why not spend $2 million more to edit the film? Probably not even that. $500,000 more to edit any reference to them being Ukrainian and just be nameless Baltic bad guys. 
Maybe because I guess it was already in the can, but not at print. Yeah, who knows? I do. It's to me. Here, I'm just. I'm gonna reveal my cards early. Yeah, I think that's a bullshit excuse. And they knew they had a turkey on their hands. Okay, so you clearly were not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna say this film's shit. It's not shit. No, it's not shit. But it's not good. It is rote by the numbers and probably. I think it's better to say. I'm interested to hear your perspective Mm -hmm. on this. Pretty. Averagely filmed. Okay. Here's my theory on Guy Ritchie or what I've noticed, ladies and gentlemen. Guy Ritchie is quite a rare bird. He is, at the same time, an outstanding auteur, a versatile director, and occasionally he's a hack. Okay? And I've never seen this before. This is veering more towards hack territory for me. Well, okay, here's the thing. I used to call this Soderberging, where you do one good movie, one bad movie, one good movie, one bad movie, right? Except you did Wrath of Man last. No, that's the thing. So what happens with Guy Ritchie is, I would say... Which I about hate. In fact, I like Wrath of Man more than this movie. I fucking hated Wrath of Man. I know you did. I know you did. Don't speak to me. Okay, but I would say about 23% of Guy Ritchie movies are shit. This isn't there. This I isn't shit. I would say that's 40%. 40%? Okay, here's what... Okay, look at this, right? Look at this. After a wonderful <laughs> beginning, lock, stock, snatch. That's what I'm saying. Damn! My favorite Guy Ritchie is his auteur mode. So that's Lockstock, Snatch, Rock and Roller, Then Gentlemen. Even the two Sherlock Holmes movies are Guy Ritchie style. All right? They're style with the, with the losing frames. You're and the very this. rich in terms of word style. Because well, an auteur means here is the style that, that you recognize and understand. I think he shifts that from film to film. That's why he's a rare bird. Because then, having said, like, he, occasionally he just doesn't do that at all. He does nothing like his Aladdin. style. Aladdin. And even King one Arthur, of, piece of King, shit. Yeah, I well, apart like from Arthur. the camera frame to the posters. That one's a little bit more Gary Richie than you would Fuck think. Fuck that film but sucks. One of my favorite movies of all time, The Man from Uncle, is nothing like his auteur style, right? Okay. So, I know you love that film. I'm not, I'll, yeah, I'll say yeah, mine, yeah. but it's fine. Exactly. But then occasionally he'll do a bag of shit. He'll just lay a turd like Revolver. Or in my case, Wrath of Man. That's his hack style. This, I believe, is not that, but it's not anywhere near his oh, other style. God, no. This is filmed in a very normal way. Right? This film is, if you like watching people talk on comms, this will be your jam. But that's, the, that's like Do you Avengers. want a little microphone next to someone's mouth? You want to jerk off to that? Ha, ha, ha. Have I got good news for you? But that's for the same every point. fucking one else, this film is bog standard average. Arguably poor. I already uh, this uh, expectations. We were just talking about this, okay? Given the January release, given the pushback, given the I expected a bag of shit. I thought he was going to lay a log. And you thought Revolver over. Yeah. I thought Revolver styles because it's lack of fanfare. Oh no, it's going to be a dog, right? I am pleased to report that again. It's not a dog piece of shit. It is far from his best work. Oh god. But it is fine, perfectly enjoyable, and overall, I kind of liked it without it being. Rem- I could wow. forget it in two seconds. All right. Wow. So there's one huge problem, which there's I'm sure p- we'll get into. <laughs> several huge problems. Yeah, there's several huge problems. Let's talk about let's talk about the biggest problem, Paul. Well, I'm interested to hear what you think that one is. Go on. Okay. Please. Well, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one, but I could be wrong. Well, Paul, when you write a role for a woman who's supposed to be so hot and alluring that it turns the head of a billionaire and everyone else, you might want to cast an actually attractive woman. I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to throw. I'll throw you at a level. At a level. This is. By far, by no means, the biggest problem in the film. But I agree with you. Aubrey Plaza doesn't do anything for me. She does it for a lot of people, though. So we're in the minority. I yeah, think. if you're a Parks and Rec fan or you like White Lotus or whatever, you probably have that thing. But the thing, she's no, dressed you, well in the film. No, no, she's not. She's, she's not foul well. or gross or anything like that. I'm not saying that. However, what you're doing here, you're playing this character. I, that, I don't find her sexy and attractive. No, she's fine, right? She's like a, she's a girl next door-ish, right? I think the bigger problem with her character is. 
she's meant to be this field agent who gets to fire a gun three times during a car chase, and that's it. Well, she's like the computer Just girl. Nothing. She's though. the computer. She's the. She's the. Yeah, I know, but Dilbert. but, but they they're trying to. I think the whole point as the only female member of the team is they're trying to you know do the the, the right thing and show female empowerment and all the rest of it, but like it's reduced to this like our oh, Guy Ritchie version of female empowerment. To me, it's it's realistic. You wouldn't send fucking like her in like to take out three guys where you've got Jace Day. To be honest, the action sequences of Jace Day, to use your term, are pretty fucking perfunctory anyway. Now, we are on to the second problem mm. with this film. Jason Statham is... Barely raises a sweat in this movie. That's the problem, Paul. He's doing a fine job in terms of like he's still fit and fast and he looks great fighting and all that. No problem. But he's so perfect, Paul. There's only one facet to him. He has no flaws. And as a result, it doesn't feel like he would ever be in danger. He's even, even when there's two gum dudes, big guys... Pointing guns at him, he's not even flummoxed at all, and he takes them out almost off screen. Then they flash back to it. At no time do you think he's in danger, no, because he's like even when he they, right. they, right. they, yep. they set up like he's gonna have this fight with this this Asian dude who's supposed to be ex whatever military this that whatever. He goes oh, okay, and then pop 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 pop. He doesn't even cop a hit, Paul. Not even one hit of this guy. And the thing is, maybe on for a show like this, you want to see the lead only win and have zero trouble. No, no, because it only it gives him only one no because it doesn't seem realistic, right? And it also, it would have been a better film if it wasn't so obvious that he was never going to fail. So I, I 100% right? agree with you. Well, well played yeah. and, and well uh, summarized. This film also, if I might Please. leverage off that, the opening scene is him going, why the fuck are you here? I don't give a fuck. I'm on fucking holiday. Yeah. He's like, fuck, fuck, fucks. One very Jatham Statham yes. emphasized fuck per sentence. And yeah. I'm not against I'm not. I, 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 I clearly, if you've ever listened to this show, yeah. But this is rated M here in Australia. I'm like, this isn't ra- this is not an M rated film. This is not a film that people can walk into who are 14 years old without accompanying adult. Oh, okay. It's very strange that it gets this this pass at that level on the language alone. Okay, there's not a lot of vo- the violence happens. People get shot, blah blah blah. They don't glorify whatever in no, it. No. But I was perplexed. No, it's oh, I, 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 because there's a lot of Hugh Grant then fucking sleezing onto someone. Can we get on to him? Yes. But yes, my, my, look, I think Hugh Grant's one of the better parts of this movie. He is. Because he's so over the top in a, a film which is otherwise strangely oddly bland. But yeah. they do a turn for his character, which I have to say for spoilers, where I was like, what the fuck are you on about? Okay. I know what you're talking about. And I will say this though, right? Hugh Grant is, he's usually the Oxford accented fop. That's his. That's his British thing, now right? He's talking like Since this. the gentleman, because then the yeah, gentleman is the one. exact same yeah, yeah, fucking right. like bro, it is whatever. The same character. You're right. Absolutely right. But in the gentleman, it was maybe a thousand times better because he <sighs> was. He, they had little nuances where he's like touching Charlie Hunnam's leg and then he looks. Oh, away they were so emphasizing he was potentially gay. And not whatever. potentially gay. He was. They were saying they were just playing him being a being a fucking a geezer. He was just playing like the you know he's like go on darling yeah you know he's he's fucking with you. He's supposed to make you uncomfortable in his. Well, I thought that was part of his shtick. I don't think that he was remotely gay. I thought what he was was he was a he was a he was a lad. He was like he was like fuck really? with you kind of thing. Come on, come to bed with me. Yeah, he's doing that to well, make maybe, you uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe you know? I read it wrong. Maybe. Yeah. But also, I think that it was the whole point was to make Charlie Hunnam character uncomfortable but right but I, I, I was thinking if he was gay it wouldn't have been uncomfortable but because he's playing gay sort of it made it anyway. well, questionable my yeah point. but but not in a real way more in a in a for your benefit kind yeah, of way yeah. anyway sorry Different but film. this this film here 
So he's doing the exact same accent, and I'm like, I would have. I think you probably needed that, but I would have preferred a slightly different English person. Do you know what I mean, like, don't do the exact same guy. Do like a. But, if, but it's the exact same guy who's now making not making. He's he's sleazy onto Aubrey Plaza's character. Yes, initially, and that's the thing, Paul. I don't know any billionaires, but I know that they wouldn't give a fuck about Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> Maybe Amber Heard should have played the part. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yes, anyway. <laughs> right, so basically, the large part of why Wayne didn't like this film is because Aubrey Plaza was cast in it. It just didn't work. Because when he's like when he's like cracking onto her next to his hero, Josh Hartnett, it doesn't play. I'm like, you wouldn't do that, billionaire. You just wouldn't give a fuck. Uh, the only reason you'd do it is if you had some weird precondition. I want like, to take away. I want to take away. Yeah, but like then, and then even later uh, on, he resents yeah, yeah, it. So well, not really. Hold, hold, that's, that's a spoiler. I also think the action in this film, when it's sporadically shown, is so averagely shot. There's nothing exciting about this movie. Agree. With the exception of a car chase where the film briefly comes alive. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Until we got to see all replies of firing a gun and so over the topping the recoil on it. I was like, what the what? fuck is that? There's a sequence in it. She's firing I know a gun. The, I know what she's Oh, I didn't notice and that. And she threw her arm back. So I'm like, who didn't catch that shit? Because you can't aim again after your hand goes way up. In your the hand, she it went ninety fucking degrees, which I get. It's it's meant to kick, but if it's kicking that far, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, it kicks backwards. But the, speaking of that shot, the thing I liked about that shot was that the camera focuses in on her while she's firing the gun wildly, like you say. And the car does like a whatever donut or whatever and freaks out. And then you see, you don't see what she's shooting at. But by the end of that shot, you see the effect of what she was shooting at, which I've never seen before. I've never seen it. Blang, blang, blang. I'm like, oh, behind the, this shit happens. You know, that was kind of cool. It's one of the few times it's cool shit happens because it's very unremarkable, the actual fucking cinematography. (sighs) I got to say, this whole film is really unremarkable. It's, It's Guy Ritchie in complete and utter autopilot mode. This script is wrote. It rely it hinges on stupidity this whole film uh being that they have to pull it off in the first place or that you don't buy it <sighs> let's just hold that oh, okay, for yeah, spoilers yeah, okay, okay. anything else you want to say non-spoilers about operation fortune colon rouge de Gua. okay i will say this taking to i actually agree with most of what you say however for fans of guy Ritchie like myself it is not unpleasant it's just unremarkable it's not anywhere near as memorable as his previous star i guess it's january yeah, but certainly superior to what usually opens in theaters around this time. I still didn't have a bad time. I just went, that was all right. All right. And I wanted more from Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So 100%. And look, this will be a short spoiler section, but let's get into it on the other side of Jack. You can't handle the truth. And the truth is, I think you in particular, but both of us were disappointed. Yeah, yeah. But and and again, even with the the the, the lowered expectations of its January release and this was pushed back so far and stuff, it's so interesting to me that the, the Ukrainian thing. By the way, if that's a lie, it's a great lie. But what do they change? Like, it, to me, it can't be a lie because you changed nothing. You just, like you said, hoped that the world went, oh, Ukrainian bad guys, that's okay. Well, there's the, um, with PR, there is this Eye of Sauron kind of yeah, okay. theory where is, as long as the eye is looking at something else, you can do something over yep, here. Yep. So, yeah, I agree that when it was a Ukrainian thing and all of a sudden, Ukrainian gangsters, that probably is a reason, but it may have been one of the reasons. You know what I mean? My big complaint then yes. about the Hugh Grant character was they seem to have fallen in love with him through the course of this film. Who? The filmmakers. Guy Ritchie, the writers. Go on. Suddenly, 
suddenly there comes a moment in the film where his bad guy who's an arms dealer is exposed and caught out and he's fucked and they go, ah, fuck, we need you to unfuck another situation. Yes. He says, of course he says yes because he's got no choice. Yep. And then he proceeds to dominate this scene and do a wonderful moment, arguably one of the only funny moments of the film where With he's the like, missiles? missiles explode behind me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then Danny, whatever his name is, Josh Hartnett's character, has watched his whole thing and they get out of there alive and he lives. And not just live, Wayne, he prospers. He becomes a film producer. Yes. And I'm like, the fuck? This guy is an arms dealer who <laughs> fucked up the world but but because you needed him for a moment now he's been completely and utterly redemptively arced. Fuck off. Now, this is what I like to refer to as the Get Shorty ending. Okay. Where... <laughs> At the end, the seemingly bad guys, whatever, whatever repercussions or would have befallen that person, you know, in reality, are foregone for a nice note at the end. I disagree. I'm not saying it's why. I disagree because the nice characters, well, the, the nice ending is for characters who are idiots. Yeah. But other than John Travolta's Chorty. Yeah. But likable. Yeah, so that's true. Gene Hackman's out of his depth and, you know, like... Whereas this guy's an arms dealer. Yeah. The, I, I, the only thing I can think of is that he was hoping for a sequel where that character comes back. Which they didn't have to actually... He could have just gotten out of jail afterwards. He should have just died. He should have died at that point and written around that scene. Because basically what that therefore means is he, for want of a better expression, manipulates the situation so that the, the billionaire tech guys, who, by the way, were the most obvious fucking Bad guys villains ever... ever. Yeah. I'm like, you presented that to me like there was a twist. I yeah. just assumed it was the case. Yeah, yeah. No, it, Why were they on your boat otherwise? They were always presented as that. And but, but that's my point. Like, They think they're writing this much smarter film than you are, and it's not. That's what it is. The, the, given that guy which he wrote this, yep. right? Along with those other two. This is one of those missteps that he does where he goes, I think I'll write this thing which happened, right? Because you gotta, you got to assume that every script that's written by a director... He had a vision to start yep. with. Do you know what I mean? Like he, that's why he even... Well, he's trying to create a franchise here. This is Mission fucking Impossible, man. This is a team of people coming together to do the impossible. And right. it sucks by comparison. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, this is the it's thing. It's a it British looks, Mission Impossible. That's why it's so weird. Because if Gary Ritchie wrote this and had the control over it that you assume he would at this stage, then why was it so crap? $130 million. This looks like... This, this is astounding. This film, to me, it looks like a $50 million film. Yeah. This would appear to me like... There's a script that was knocking around, which is good for a January release. Who could we get to direct it? Not Guy Ritchie, anyone of that stature. Who's going to do it? He did it. Ima- That's what it looks like. Imagine a proper action film yeah. with, when the action sequences are there and when they're shot really well, yeah. as opposed to punch, cut, punch, cut, punch, cut. Yeah. Imagine that and then the big sequences, including the end sequence and the car chase being even bigger than they were. Mm-hmm. And less talky bullshit on comms, this might have been fine. But as it stands, all those things really hold this. Jason Statham, you expect a proper action film, not punch cut. He's not Liam Neeson yet. He's not no, fucking 75 no. years old. What is he, like 50 something? I think he might be, he might be five 50? years older than we are. Yeah. He's doing great for his age, but oh, yes, again, brilliant. this could have done better. But this is badly shot. It's poorly written. And it has this weird, stupid, redemptive arc for, I think it's poorly cast, because I agree, Aubrey Plaza is not all that. Mm. But Hugh Grant, yeah, let's bring him back from doing his thing from The Gentleman, which I really liked. Mm, me too. But he should have died at that. He should have been shot or arrested and gone to prison for his crimes. Instead, he makes good. 
It's not good enough. Because it's a weird writing choice. Yeah. And that's what it was. So I reckon, who knows what happened if there was... Again, I, I can't even claim studio interference at this stage for a director like Guy Ritchie. Not for $130 million. I think he's... Direct, Guy Ritchie, right? When, when accountants or whoever hires him for, for a studio or makes a deal with a studio, I reckon he's an aggregate director. He's like, okay, listen, I'll make Aladdin. I'll make all these things that make bank for you, but you have to let me do my piece of shit. Well, that made a billion dollars, Aladdin. And it's not because it was Guy Ritchie. It's because it was, it was Aladdin. But he did... I actually think... Look, I, I'm not saying I love Aladdin or anything, but he did a good job with it. It, it was a it was a that movie was that, that was call, what he did is it's a better film than this film for sure. Agree, agree completely. So you know this is some weird shit right here. Uh, yeah, this was really disappointing because and the other thing is it's meant to be funny and and I really need to emphasize this. I should have said it in the non spoiler section in case people haven't got this far. Mm. Is there one or two laughs in this entire film? Yeah, I don't think it's a, definitely not a laugh out no, louder, but it's meant to be funny. Yeah, in places and it's just not. Yeah. Like oh, that, was, that felt flat. We were only we we're in a very small critical screening. Yeah, where forty people, whatever, mm-hmm. we couldn't even mm-hmm. sit together. So like that's how it was packed. Yeah. to be fair, yeah. um, fifty maybe. People. I was wildly interested in the film, but didn't expect much, which is why I think my score is definitely going to be higher than yours. Okay, well, I guess we'll get to it. I guess I'll be Negatron because woof. I I hope we just did the worst ten films and the top ten films of two thousand and twenty two. Mm. I will say this. I didn't... Well, the closest I saw to an absolute fucking howler, this is not as bad as that, mm. but was Moonfall. Yeah. At the cinema. I saw a lot of bad this films. This isn't as bad as that. But I didn't see... The, oh, no, no. Halloween fucking kills. Yeah. This is not as bad as either of those two films. But it's so far short of what it should have been. And apparently, because this has been delayed by so long, he's got another film coming out in April called The Covenant. No one knows anything else about, else about it other than it's called The Covenant. Mm. It's written by the same, at least one co-writer in him. Which worries me, but then these two co-writers, I think the gentleman as well. So, see, this is it. You can just have a bad week. <laughs> so let's hope, because I reckon three bad films in a row—that's the end of Guy Ritchie. No, that's how it works. That's how it works. Three you can't make Wrath of Man and this piece of shit, Operation Fortune, and The Covenant, and be crap and expect to get hired for good films up beyond that. I think the reason that was, I hated that so much that that's why this one didn't perturb me quite so Whereas much. Whereas I thought that was, a, look, yeah. it's got some really dumb moments and whatever else. The Rotherman, Man, the dialogue in it is so shit okay. that it feels like a bad movie. This at least looked like a professional movie. In, well, it, the it film rests on dialogue because they're all coming back and forth. And Carrie Owens, we haven't mentioned, he's, he's his usual charming self. The other thing that made me laugh at this movie is Eddie Marsan as the minister of whatever the fuck he's the minister from, who has no fucking idea. The whole central precept of this film hinges on, I don't know what's going on. You fucking go oh, and yeah, find yeah, out. Yeah. I'm like, you are the worst fucking spy minister in the history of the universe. <laughs> that bothered me by the end. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, to me, I was just letting it wash over me. All right, tell me what your score is. 39. <gasps> fucking, fail. This, is, this film is an absolute fail. It's not complete garbage because that's mm. two stars, but it's not good. Okay, I'm a six out of 10, so 60. 60. I know. I know. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Again, I didn't hate my time here. It was just, eh, wasn't that special. I'm Megatron. Tremble before God, me. Television <laughs> Yeah, that's Paul. 6 out of 10, you fucking idiot. 6 out of 10, <laughs> man. Clean 6 out of 10. Well, you're, so you're 4 out of 10. Less than 4 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. This film is not worth the paper it's yeah. printed on. But it's not reprehensibly bad. Remember, just... I've gone to horror movies, so this is 6 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> if you want to hear what Wayne thinks about horror film, 
go back to last week's uh, review where he gave that one a higher score than this one. Yeah, some are good, but mostly e- they're four out of ten. Dick. <laughs> All right, Wayne. Uh, you can let us know what you thought about Operation Foot. No, you won't, because no one's seeing this film. <laughs> it's going to be the, one of the biggest <laughs> box office bombs in history. But if you do, let us know via email at the Countdown Podcast Gmail dot com on Twitter at the Countdown PC. Whilst it lasts, you can also hit us up via our Facebook list community. The link is in the show notes. Follow the show through Podbean, where we host. That's it from us today, Wayne. Ridiculously, it's not that positive. bad, people. <laughs> it's His just- name is. Optimus Prime. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, Wayne. <laughs> My name is Negatron, and this has been the Standboard. I stand resolute, motherfucker. Standboard stand is the way right. uh, we'll now roll. We'll catch you next time. See ya. When marimba rhythms start to play, dance with me, make me sway. Like the lazy ocean hugs the shore, hold me close, sway me more. Like a flower bending in the 